0: Alright. Well hello cornerstone. Hope all of you are doing well. This is another another episode of Beyond Sunday. And I'm sitting here with my faithful compadres, Christian Burkhart, looking hello. good in his blue shirt. He, thank is, you. Uh, he is uh he's living large as a Dodger fan. We got Spencer over here, he's in gray. Both of you in polo, so you look pretty good. Why, good. Thank you. Way to rock it out, guys. But my name is Todd. I am the lead pastor here at Cornerstone. And uh, we, on Beyond Sunday, one of the loves of our life is to know and understand and spend time in God's Word, but not just leaving it as something that's a concept or leaving it as an ideal. We want desperately to figure out how do we land this into real life and in through real relationships and through a real local church and specifically cornerstone. So that's what we've been doing. And we've been trying to figure out how to do this as as friends within the book of First Thessalonians. And we keep warning that First Thessalonians has come to an end, but it's finally coming Mm -hmm. to a close. And one of the last topics that we looked at was this last weekend, which was prophecy, which I set off kind of the very beginning you don't enter into this topic or discussion without realizing there is a ton of controversy yeah. in and around uh, just this. Controversy
1: this. questions. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, all kinds of things. And, and we'll, we're going we're gonna to talk about some of them. We won't even be able to begin to touch the the depths of everything. But hopefully for us as a local church, we can at least kick things off and where we're going. But one of the things that I tried to communicate about why this is so important is that if you think about uh, the rest of 1 Thessalonians, especially starting in verse 16, There's the call to to rejoice always, to pray without ceasing. He follows that up then with this idea of being thankful in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And we talked about that's the beginning of kind of a, a normal worship service. That's what we talked about. So if you want to kind of catch that, we talked about it last time, or you can catch when I preached on it. But one of the things that's so key about this is that Paul keeps going, right? We, I think this is the downside maybe of how things get put in verses is we Mm -hmm. think it's all separate thoughts, but he keeps going on. And by the time he gets to verse, (coughs) to verse 19, he's going to keep that moving where he says, do not quench the spirit. That's the next part of it. Do not despise. And here's the key word prophecies, but test everything, hold fast. What is good. Abstain from every form of evil, and
2: still all plural.
0: It's still all plural. Y'all don't quench. Y'all. Still part of a yeah. local worship, local worship service. That this prophecy was to be a key part of how they how they gathered together. But with prophecy, I think one of the reasons this is so important is that when we look at kind of the history of how God has chosen to speak to His people, He's always wanted to make sure that they are corrected. He wants to make sure that we're, we're protected. He wants to make sure that we're reminded. Mm-hmm. But even too, like I think this is the part we sometimes forget about prophecy. He also was not afraid to comfort the afflicted. Mm-hmm. And so in this, I think by, by especially for us as a local church that maybe came out of a cessationist um, kind of conservative evangelical background. In a sad part, we may have missed some very ways in which God was seeking to do that, do that for us.
1: Yeah, cessationist. I mean, I just I want to be careful with terms because sure. we're just jumping into terms that not everyone might be familiar with.
0: Yeah, so when we talk about cessationism or continuationism, it's how we view the role of the Holy Spirit, and whether you, or not.
2: And you probably hear the words in there to continue yeah, versus or to, to cease, to so something to stop. And or so keep some
0: going. groups of people believe that this that the specifically we talk about the gifts have continued. And there's the ones that were operative way back at the beginning of the church are still operative today. Mm-hmm. And then there's other groups of people that believe that the gifts have ceased. And it was mainly the view is, is it happens after the close of the canon. Yeah, and, and certain canon
1: gifts. being, sorry, I'm, not <laughs> just, I'm being careful. The,
0: the completion of the New Testament. <laughs> yeah. Finally, when, we, yeah. when the New Testament and the Old Testament are drawn to a close, God is done speaking.
1: Yeah. Sorry, I'm just gonna be no, that guy you, today you because did, we're gonna get into like, like technical, like church jargon if we're not careful. Yeah. Church jargon means church words. <laughs>
0: But there's this way, though, I think, which is so important, is that God in specific times to specific groups of people, in specific places, in his goodness, I would say this, in his graciousness, beckons out through these people called prophets. Yeah. And these prophets deliver a message of that particular time to these people. And if we could think about the last part of our, our last talk, when we talked about verses 16 through 18, it was us speaking to God. There's also a wonderful way now where God speaks to us through these prophets as the means of building us up, of bringing that peace, of helping us to be shaped and molded into the image that God wants, uh, the image of Jesus as he wants us and intends us to be. So in a really cool way, what's so great about prophecy? Oh, it's God speaking to us. And I think we got to be really intent on that and listening, being these people that aren't desensitized, but that really do hear the voice of God. And we're going to talk about all the implications of that.
2: So maybe if I can sum this up, if I'm understanding you correctly, you're saying that within the broad Christian family of brothers and sisters in, through faith in Jesus Christ, there are some who would say that, particularly in this passage, prophetic words from the Lord have ceased. They no long, God, not, God no longer speaks to us that way. He speaks to us through his word. We have what we need in his word. We no longer need prophetic words. Then there's others within this family who would say that is Again, in this passage, prophecy continues, and we continue to need prophetic words from God. But maybe to your point, within local, specific settings and places and times, am yeah. I understanding you correctly?
0: Yeah, and we'll, we'll get more into it as we yeah. get into the ideal of this. I think that's going to be the, the, the part where it's going to help land it, I think, a lot more. But there's no doubt that God has always sought to speak to His people, and and through Spirit, Right, like he is going to speak. It's a whether the big issue within modern day Christendom, Christianity, yeah, is whether or not he has ceased speaking and the way he speaks is only through his word, or that he continues to speak in and through local people in local places in our time, in a way that helps us to, to know what it is that God has for us and what he's called us yeah. to do.
1: The only addition I would want to have on this front end is that making sure that we don't disconnect this section from 5.11, hmm. where Paul's Paul's up. saying, hey, the, the kind of a governing idea this uh, of this whole section in 5.11 is, yeah, the the really just the call to build one another up and just going, okay, so do that. And then he goes through, you know, hey, as you gather and kind of that liturgical, Mm -hmm. the rhythms of practice that you guys do collectively rejoice in this. But then this idea of prophecy is still in that same context of how we build one another up. I just don't don't want to forget the context. I think
2: that hits on why why this conversation matters. It's not just an intellectual thought experiment for people to have, Mm -hmm. but the implications of the local church would be if prophecy continues to be a way that the spirit works within the church and we, to Paul's point, despise it, we're now neglecting something that God has given as a means to build us up. That's going to have an effect on us. Correct. But okay. So that's why it matters. Maybe the question I would ask you, Todd, I mean, one of the things we've laid out before is like this idea of some doctrines being primary or secondary or tertiary primary. Meaning if you, if you don't hold it, you're kind of outside the family of, 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 of Christianity. Whereas something secondary, something within this family, people hold it differently and tertiary be something. Hey, look, we can we can kind of within uh, the text hold a bunch of different convictions. Like, where would you say that this conversation is just as we have the conversations, yeah. How would we prioritize it?
0: Yeah, well, I would say as, as cornerstone, we don't believe this is a primary issue yeah. that when we look at the manifestation of the spirit through gifts to his people as the means of building others up we that is more of a secondary reality that we do see it as important and it shapes the reality of who we are. But we know a lot of people within Christianity have different ideas that, that fit well within what is good, solid, healthy Christianity, what yeah. sometimes is called orthodox in the mm-hmm. way that we kind of talk about it in, w- within Christianity. But I would say for me, the healthy way to look at this is I can have people that are cessationist friends mm-hmm. that do believe that, that when the New Testament was completed, that God speaks primarily and only through God's word. And yeah. that, that's that's great, as long as I would say we can hold to that with humility. Yeah, And I think I can have great, wonderful, godly men and women who are my friends on the other side of it that believe God still speaks, uh, not just in Scripture, but into local groups of people still to this day in and through prophecy. But I would say the key issue, again, for them is if they can do it in humility, listening to one another in and through this, because I actually think, and, and you guys heard me say this in the, in when I preached, it's because I think we actually need each other. Yeah. I think each has a beautiful way in which they see the flaws. I just think we need to help each other see the blessings Definitely. of what it is and in, in how we, we view this. And so I, it's essential. And it's one of those things that we truly do need each other as we look at this. Cool. So we ready to look at the ideal. Let's do it. Let's do it.
2: All right, Todd. So why don't you walk us through just you kind know, of the ideal picture that we see again in this stream these string of commands in these verses?
0: Yeah. So before we get there, I think it's just important kind of what I laid out over the weekend was this idea of us understanding even what a prophet prophecy was, yeah, right? Yeah. Because I think we have to keep in mind, we we sometimes detach the old testament from the new testament and forget this whole thing flowed from the old into the new. And I think it all started with kind of the we see this with the people of Israel as is they're coming out of slavery. We see the primary, kind of the preeminent prophet of the time, which he was known throughout time, which was his Moses. Mm-hmm. And he becomes this first kind of megaphone for God to speak through to his people. And I think what's, what's interesting, and I tried to draw this out, and I'd even love to know you guys' thoughts on this, but it's so interesting. Most of what he said wasn't telling the future, which mm-hmm. we tend to think of prophecy. A vast majority of what he said was just, Hey, you know, I was chilling with God up on the mountain and I came down and, and here's how we ought to live together and operate together. Now, there was the kind of the warning yeah. prophecy type things, right? If, if we don't obey God, there will be implication that we'll have to face. But very little of what Moses says has much to do with like a foretelling reality as much as it's the laying out of the the, the old covenant, the how we as God's people are going to live together. How do we to kind of go back to 511? How do we build each other yeah. up?
2: This is what it means to live with God as your king and to represent him well in the land where he's taking you to
0: live. Totally, and that's yeah. the first part of it. And I think, again, our mistake sometimes is we assume that it's always that. And you, you corrected me yesterday during sermon prep. I said I said the wrong thing, but yeah. I'll just say it this way. It's it's the beautiful side dish oftentimes, right? Of, the, the, of, the
2: future telling is a side it's dish. It's the side yeah. dish,
0: yeah, but it's not, it's not the main dish. Yeah. The main dish really is, and I think this is important to get, is It's this wonderful communication of the will, the heart of God, right, to his people so that we might know how to live together. He, he's going to do it through correction. He's going to do it through protection. He's going to do it through reminder. He's going to do it through ways in which he even—I think this is another side we don't think about. He comforts us. Yeah. But it's to a specific group of people at a specific time in a specific place, which seems to them follow that kind of a pattern as you work your way through the Old Testament. Yeah. It's, it's not to the whole people, again, of Israel— it's to these different groups of people, or even they even left outside, right? Daniel goes outside, but he's a prophet to God's people outside of Judah or Israel when the, when the kingdom gets split. And so we have that reality that we have to keep in mind, that there's a there's already a pattern set for what God's prophets as they prophesy look like. Now, the interesting part about it, though, is, and I talked about this this last weekend, there were also false prophets. Yeah, There were these authentic prophets that spoke the heart of God. But these false prophets come along, and I think this is important to our passage. This is why I'm laying it out, is that we also have to be careful of wrong messages being brought. Mm-hmm. Either wrong motives. You know, we had even times where we find within Scripture that they were intentionally, you know, to, to to keep the heart of the king, to keep getting their paycheck. They would tell the king what he wanted to hear. Oh, yeah. Uh, there were times in which you would see them just, again, doing it for money, wrong motives. And even there were some times that I think they were sincere, but sincerely just really wrong.
2: Yeah, so it's almost like sometimes the false prophets were deceptive and they knew they were deceptive and other times the the prophet himself was deceived. Yeah. and was convinced of his message but yet was totally off base.
0: Yeah, and so you have several times both way back yeah. in the early parts of, you know, the 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 writings of Moses, those first five books of the Old Testament, but then all through in which we're God tells us how to discern the difference between false prophets and and true prophets. Yeah. And I think that's like one of the things we forget is in this whole issue of prophecy, God does want to speak, and He understands that we false messages, but He also has ways for us in which we can know how to be protected from false messages. Right? You'll, you'll know this, hmm. and so I think like with this, then there's the, the the expectation of God's people that there's a there's a greater prophet coming. Hmm. You know, even in ways we see this like in in the way that God spoke to Moses, He longed for more prophets, and God's like, oh, there's going to come a time where there's going to be more prophets. Yeah. Joel comes along, right? No, your sons and daughters will will all prophesy John the Baptist shows up in the scene he's like hey you the dude he's like oh no I'm, I'm not the dude and obviously the preeminent prophet comes you know in the person of, of Jesus but in that and and we see this after his death burial and resurrection and his ascension Peter preaches a sermon and he connects back to prophecy when he, when he does that prophecy of Joel and he says no your sons and your daughters will prophesy yeah. this is the mark of my people God wants to and this is the thing he wants to speak to his people. Yeah. He wants to be heard. He wants people, his, his people to know how to live and how to follow him, how to represent him well and what he's doing. And so, into this again, now here's all of history flowing and we land into 1 Thessalonians 5. Well, you got to remember no letter of the New Testament had probably been written yet. Yeah, Maybe James. Uh, there's a small group that think maybe Matthew. But really, this is probably the first letter. And so the question is then, well, does God speak to us? Mm -hmm. And Paul's answer in this is a definitive, yes, he speaks to us. And he speaks to us through this thing he calls prophecy, which we have to then import in. And so that's like, if I could just, that's that big lump that gets drawn into this particular text so that we kind of understand, oh, wow. There's a history to this. There's an expectation of this. There's even wrong understandings of the time Thessalonica would have understand prophets more along the ideas of like the gods and the goddesses, the cults. There were those kinds of prophets as well. But he was really wanting to clarify, No, the prophets I'm talking about are the ones that have been seen all the way from Moses mm-hmm. till now. And my expectation is there will still be prophecy in the church today.
2: Okay. I find that really helpful because again, I think, my background and stuff—I I haven't really spent a lot of churches time in many churches that like really emphasize prophetic words. So I think it is a little. There's a little bit of that unfamiliarity to it. Um, but what you just laid out is really approachable because I look at it and I go, "Oh, this is like so many of God's good gifts that we see throughout the biblical story." Totally. There's a good intent of God in it that sinful, rebellious humans, including demonic powers and rebellion against God, have corrupted and can use to do great evil, and yet God's good purpose in it still remains. And yeah. so there's the need for discernment and wisdom and dependence upon God and his people and his word to guide us through it. Now, but, it's not that different. But I also look at it and I go, I, I see on the other hand, where it's like, think marriage, for instance, God, God's good idea of marriage and how good it can be, and then how corrupt people can make it. And then you have Jesus coming into his disciples and basically saying, listen, listen, like what God's joined together, let no man separate. And then they go gosh it's probably better not to even marry because this is going to be so hard He goes no actually don't forget yeah, God is a good that again that that propensity within us to go okay this looks complicated and hard and there's ways I can get it wrong would it be better just not do
0: anything yeah, with it's, it it's this it's and, it, and I think like that looks messy yeah right like if all of a sudden, wait wait how do I know if I've got a true spokesman for God and not a true let's just do this no spokesman right <laughs> i mean let's just let's just kill it all but yet for paul again this you you nailed it christian mm. is is landing into it he's like no there's 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 still a way for god to speak to us but now i think he's pushing back against that pr- group of people that says let's get rid of it and he said whoa 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 don't despise it don't mm. well first of all he says right don't throw a wet blanket mm. don't don't you dare to r- try to quench the spirit now i think he chooses that word because all throughout especially the book of acts we f- we start to see this idea of the spirit being a fire right mm. they that conceptual understanding that was found in Luke. And then we kind of see it kind of where Timothy later, right? Paul has to tell him, Hey, fan into flame. We got to get that thing going again. Or
2: Like the day of Pentecost, these little, these little little, pillars of fire.
0: And so in it, he's like, now you have to be careful that to do this, understand this. If you start to go down that path, you're actually going to quench the spirit. Hmm. Don't just because it's abused doesn't mean now you throw a blanket on it. Hmm. No, there's a right way for this to happen because, and I think he's even clarifying this, if you quench the spirit, the outcome is going to be the next part of what you talked about. The quenching will lead to a terrible outcome. Mm. Now, all of a sudden, we're going to start to despise. And I think just that word, it means to bring to nothing. It means eventually, like if I I hit my finger with a hammer long enough, yeah, it hurts at first, but after a while, even hitting it, it's not going to hurt anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think there's this way in which we become numb to the voice of God, We become desensitized towards hearing his, his voice. And if we really believe that it's for correction, for protection, for Him to remind us, for Him to comfort us, if we shut that down, His mm-hmm. point is we shut down a very important way in which God, through His people, right? Because this is prophecy, through His people builds us up. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. Don't don't go down this path. Like, I have built this into how I have accomplished things within the Old and the New Testament, so that my people will hear my voice. Mm. Yeah. And so that's one side of it.
1: So from, an, from a biblical ideal side, would you say that, like, I, I, you're, you're focusing a lot on prophecy, which we see in verse 20, but would you say that prophecy is, the idea of prophecy is really what's governing, like the quenching of the Spirit is in relation to prophecy, and then the testing of what is good is in relation to prophecy, and abstaining from evil is also in relation to prophecy. Yeah. So it's like like virtually verses 19 all the way through 22 is all really kind of hinging on our understanding of prophecy. Yes.
0: So that that understanding, because I really do think that one of the, the marks of the new covenant people, that's why I think Peter chose it in mm-hmm. Acts 2, is that your sons and daughters will prophesy. Like that was one of the big issues that was going to come along.
1: Everybody or just oh, some yeah. people?
0: Yeah. Just sons and daughters.
1: <laughs> so many oh. questions right now i know right yeah. I,
2: it, again, <laughs> like, like later yeah later on in first corinthians 12 paul makes it clear hey not everyone yeah. probably, like there's different get parts of the body that have different roles within right. this
0: but that's but he hard. also
2: says don't say to a part of the body i have no need of you don't try to don't try to don't amputate try to part of the body
0: yeah and he you know he's, he's doing a lot of the same correcting mm-hmm. and from a different direction yeah in corinth in Corinthians, happened to correct from the standpoint of them over over using the idea of tongues within the church, mm. and him wanting to make the preeminent actually way in which we build up. Right, that's his big thing. How do we? What's the best way to build up? Well, the best way to build up when you gather is through prophecy. Yeah, 14, that's, that's what yeah. makes it the greater in First Corinthians fourteen, mm. but. So back to your point that all those things seem to have a rhythm in and around prophecy. Yeah. So the testing of prophecy that we see in yeah. 1 Corinthians 14, yeah. but then also that oftentimes we've, we've made that last command, this idea of abstaining from every form of evil as a generalized way in which, like I think it gets used back in 1 Thessalonians 4 of abstaining from sexual immorality, mm, yeah. that word's there. So we automatically assume it's a moral component. There's no doubt, like contextually, that doesn't make sense. It makes it kind of like a, whoa, where did that come from? As opposed to really seeing, embracing the good, because there's good, Mm -hmm. but making sure that you abstain from, and how it puts it here, false prophecy is evil.
1: Mm -hmm. So if I could sum it up, prophecy is in really generic terms, I I don't want to be oversimplified, but, but prophecy is hearing from God, and that Paul saying, don't quench hearing from God. Make sure that hearing from God is a normative part of your liturgy or your gathering and your practices. So make sure you assess that it's actually God and not something else so that you abstain from evil.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I would say so that you abstain from evil prophecy.
1: Got it. Okay. That's helpful.
0: Yeah, you're trying to, because, well, and I think evil prophecy leads to evil Evil action. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Like, I think that's Jesus' point when he says, you know, (laughs) beware of these false prophets. Well, why? Well, because the false prophets, you'll see the outcome of their fruit. Their wrong ideas have led to wrong living. Yeah. Yeah. And so you don't want to let that into you. You let it into you and you're going to have wrong living.
2: So the point being, yes, like the test everything, hold fast to what is good, abstain from every form of evil. There is broad, overarching wisdom in that that we can apply to so many different aspects of life. The testing, holding fast to what's good, abstaining from every form of evil. But within the context of this passage, it seems the everything that he's saying is test everything that portrays itself as a prophetic word. Yes, and the, okay, that's don't helpful. be naive. Yeah,
0: like I think on one group of people, he's he's saying, "Hey, you you really need to you need to embrace God speaking to you." But yeah. to another group of people, he just say don't you dare be naive because not every voice that's coming is a true voice mm. and so that's why whether we're talking peter who has to do it later john within first john 4 mm-hmm. there's that warning not every voice is from god test those things yeah. and we'll, we'll talk about how it lands in application how we how we maybe apply these yeah things is there a, know, a nasal swab test yeah. that we
2: do is it that... <laughs> yeah It just it came out
0: during covid too <laughs> but there's this reality though i think like my heart would be this prophecy is still normative for today and what we'll talk about how does that land, because I think we never stop in our time, in our place, with our people, needing to hear the voice of God in where we're at at the Mm -hmm. time. So let's get on to that next section.
1: All right, so that was actually really helpful in kind of having a a greater context for what what Paul's referencing when he's talking about prophecy, but like so often, it leaves me with a ton of questions. and I don't care, either one of you guys could uh, may- maybe lay out what makes this difficult to... I mean, just, we were talking through things. One of the things that I think makes it difficult is we're, we're just afraid. We're afraid of misusing prophecy. Um, so I guess maybe where do you guys see fear playing into this at Cornerstone? Knowing that we live in the twenty second or twenty second century, twenty first <laughs> century, twenty twenty two, in a very naturalistic culture, I don't know where do you guys see fear playing in, or how is that like
0: yeah, making I, this complicated? Yeah, I, you're, that's a, that's a great thought. I, I I think I can speak well to myself that as I was even battling through aspects of this, um, one aspect is the group that you're in can sometimes cause fear. Um, they can stoke a sense of being fearful of something because that's the, like, going back to liturgies we talked about last week, that's our normal liturgy, right? If you go down this path and it's abused, you know, there's there's created a boogeyman or sometimes a sense, a, a very real reality of going off the deep end. So there's one aspect of that. And I think another aspect that, you know, we, we talked about even in sermon prep was this idea of we just don't like mass. Hmm. And this really does have the the capacity to to get to get messy, no matter what your view is. Um, and so I think talk, talk to me about
1: fear. that. Where do you how do you see this getting messy, regardless of which view? So like, let's you, you laid out two different views earlier. You said cessationism and continuationism. You know, people who think the prophecy still
0: continues versus, continues versus people who end.
1: think it stopped with the, with the close of uh, the Bible or the New Testament. How do you see each side? being messy or yeah
0: because
1: i think then that helps us understand where each of us are in uh, that spectrum uh, let
0: me start speaking to our like more the side i think we came from which was more the cessationist end of it is that the, the messiness is, is that number one, we don't know how to deal with this because we were never taught how to, how to, how do you do this testing thing, you know? And so I talked a lot about God's use of the Old Testament, the the, the teachings of Jesus, um, what eventually then became the the New Testament, right? And is as the way to protect us from going off the deep end. And so in, a, in an interesting way, I would say we, we struggle trusting that God can really keep us from going off the deep end. So it's easier just to not do anything because we don't want the mess mm. on the and on the other side i would say when i've talked to my other my my friends more on the charismatic side the mess comes in that it's going to require a lot of confrontation like when prophecy's wrong we don't like to ne- normally tell people <laughs> you're you're wrong and so the moment that right a prophecy is wrong well then we actually do need to go and say hey we've tested it and man, that's not true and we yeah. have a i think a predisposition to avoid confrontation but to actually do this well there, Paul understands this is going to be a normative reality that you're going to have to test things and you're going to actually have to abstain from those things that are evil. Mm-hmm. And so I guess those are just the ones that pop off the top of my head is that that just creates messiness. Mm-hmm. A, a good mess. I think it's an, a mess we should embrace because I think that's a mess that God speaks into that conforms and transforms and, and shapes us into who we're supposed to be. But those would be at the top of my head. I don't know, do you have any thoughts on that those are the ones that stuck out to me
2: yeah i think the i think when i look at what paul says there to hold those those two things to hold fast to what is good and to abstain from every form of evil to see them as equally necessary like we 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 like to sometimes put things in terms of like well if you're going to err on one side or the other be on the safe side and the point is don't let's 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 try to the best of our ability not to err on either side yeah. right because like maybe to your point like on more of a cessationist side if you just basically say hey this doesn't happen anymore so therefore we, what can happen is that you have a really underdeveloped sense of discernment because you never actually it's kind of like having a Uh, If you lived in a clean room all your life, you'd have a really underdeveloped immune system because your immune system learns through fighting off illness, right? In the same way, if if this is just a a clean, sanitized environment, in some ways we're going to be we're going to we may be more susceptible to believe not necessarily false prophecy, but teachers who we trust out of the the force of their personality. Um, because we just get, Oh, well, if they say that's what, and I, sometimes I do see that sometimes within circles that I've been a part of. Well, if it comes from this particular author, or if it comes from this particular, I, I can trust what they say and, dis- and my discernment never moves past this particular person that I trust. Okay. There can be an underdeveloped sense of discernment there. There can also be a sense in which you, you end up abstaining from something that's good, which, wow, no, I don't want to do that but on the, on kind of on the flip side it, there can be an underdeveloped sense of discernment of just failing to test everything and more go let's hold fast to everything and then you don't want to do that either cuz you don't want to hold on to and build and start to build your 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 church's life around something that's False. evil yeah. that's not going to be healthy either that i think one of the things i think is on our heart more more Again, we're even though this is the application part, we're still kind of talking ideal is I think the more if if we can, I know our heart as as shepherds here at Cornerstone, is if we can build a true sense of unity and brotherhood with a diversity in the way that we see this, the hope would be in the messiness of it. We protect each other. We, we serve as guardrails for each other on both sides of the cliff.
1: Yeah, yeah the slippery slope actually has two sides. Totally... Not just one. <laughs> yeah, it's like the yeah. slippery there's, there's danger on both sides of this thing. You can fall off either way or go into the ditch on either side of the road. Yeah. And so it, let's
2: keep it in the middle. It's like uh, I've seen, I've never done it, but I've seen, you know, like documentaries of guys climbing Everest or whatever, or something like that. And the way that they, they rope into each other, that they are connected to each other because... Whether it's the first guy in line or the last guy in line, anybody can slip off the side, but collectively they can try to hold that person and bring them back on. Sometimes what we do by separating strictly into a cessationist camp or a continuationist camp, we're, we're climbing Everest without being tethered to anybody. And who is there that's going to be able to pull us back if we fall off on either side? That's why I at least, not not this doesn't make it simple by any means, this complicates it, but I, I want to, I ask the Lord, Lord, give me a sense of... I am my brother's keeper even if that brother holds a different theological conviction on this. And how do we how do we watch out for each other, not just love yeah. bombs at each other?
0: Which amongst our elders we have some that are continuationists, we believe the gifts have still continued, mm-hmm. and we have elders that believe they've ceased, right? Yeah. We have we have both. And I don't view that as a weakness. I view that as an incredible strength mm-hmm. that in that diversity there is actually a wonderful way in which we we think differently, but we protect each other differently. Yeah. We challenge one another differently. And so it is it is it is interesting, though, then when you go to land that inside. I was going to say, I'm still <laughs> wrestling
1: now. Going, because okay, so.
0: <laughs> I think across the board, everybody would believe that um, within the context of preaching in our time, in our place, where we are, that there are many times the preacher is landing out exhortative Prophecy, you know, so I don't think anybody in our elder board thinks differently on that. Mm-hmm. I think this the question is is well, what what does that look like though outside of the declarative work of God's word?
1: Well, if I could add something there, I would to go back to your definition that you laid out in the beginning, or maybe the second section about what prophecy was and that it's corrective. Uh, it's sometimes encouragement sometimes it's um protective, protective yeah. of saying just because someone's standing in front on a stage and preaching doesn't mean they're doing those things right that 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 good faithful like teaching can be prophetic but just because someone's standing in front of people doesn't mean that it is prophetic. yeah
0: and yeah. i think that's something like you know we talked about in our last thing or our last series when we were talking about Rejoicing and things like that, I think that's been a corrective God's had to do in my heart. Mm-hmm. Is that I think sometimes we lose the sense of what we're doing when we preach, and you know, and I, don't, yeah. I don't think I was lost in the wilderness. I just think there's a side of it where we have to remind ourselves. Yeah, it's not those, just information
1: transfer. No, totally.
0: there's a declarative reality to that, and so or an it's, encouragement, or I mean, it's, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: But there's a there's a beauty in which though prophecy to to go back to Christian's point. It is a wonderful good gift. Mm-hmm. And and I think to, to see it differently or to choose to ignore it, we, we we choose to ignore a wonderful gift from God.
1: Okay, so here's the question for you two. Elders at Cornerstone, mm. recognizing there's a diverse diversity in the room with with the elders. At the very low end, like lowest common denominator, preaching can be a manifestation of prophecy. It could be all things done well and healthy. Okay. Preaching can be that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Cornerstone open to other manners of prophecy. If it's corrective, encouragement, those kinds of things.
0: Yeah. And it, and it builds up. And it right? builds up. Like yeah. Cause it to, it's 511. It needs, yeah. it needs to fulfill that. Mm-hmm. I would even say that's tested. Okay. Right? And and by tested, we mean. It, <laughs> I was going to say, what does that look like? Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I laid this out when I was preaching this idea of the old Testament comes to bear on that. Obviously, the completed New Testament is going to be the means that guides us through how we test it. Yeah, it can't be contrary to the Bible. It can't, in yeah. any way, be contrary. Right. right? Mm-hmm. If it's in any way contrary, that's not that's not of the Lord. We know it's not of the Lord. Uh, I think there's another part of it that it's it, it actually fits to our context and our setting. You know, I mean, there's just there's things as we test that Scripture is the primary, but I think there's other things we're looking at inside of that as well. Going, well, that's weird that you brought that to bear for our church. We don't even you know have whatever. But I I would say within our elders, are we open to it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we have agreed to operate with differences of view. Yeah. Yeah. The openness to that is probably where it starts to get a little, yeah, a little muddled together where you're going to go, oh gosh, what are we, what are we comfortable or not comfortable with and how they
1: get. So it's a, it's a sidebar, but I think it's relevant here. So there's a number of years ago now, one of my, one of my daughters, um, came to me, and it was, I think it comes to this issue of testing. And it wasn't, it's quasi, I don't think it's prophetic, but it was the parallel hold, I think. She came and said I, she, that she had a dream. So woke up one morning and said, I had a dream that God spoke to me. Well, that'll catch your attention. Like, well, well that's that's weird. <laughs> but nonetheless, I, I'm trying to not quench the spirit. I'm trying to, you know, and I don't think it's, it's prophetic, but nonetheless, a dream. And so I'm trying to model for her her, and for myself, frankly, okay, am I? Do, do I believe that God can speak this way? Yes. But I also want to test this against Scripture. And so I ask her, well, what did God tell you? Because if it's contrary to Scripture, I'm going to try to shepherd her out of that. Yeah. But if it's consistent with Scripture, how do I know that God didn't speak to her through a dream? And she goes, well, I had this dream, and God told me that He loves me. <laughs> And I said, "That's awesome." Yeah, I affirm that. <laughs> that. That is amazing, and I was, and it was a time of like great rejoicing. And I was like, "Gosh, that's awesome." That she wakes up in the morning and is encouraged by God speaking to her and encouraging her in her dream. But I want to, because that's cons- very consistent with what Scripture says about. Yeah who God is and how God cares for us. Mm-hmm. And so I look at that and I go, man, you know what? When it comes to prophecy, if we can hear what people are saying, measure it against scripture, measure it against the reality as we perceive it.
0: Okay. Yeah. And, and hold fast. Yeah. To what is good. Yeah. And abstain, you know, turn away from any yeah. form, all, every and all forms of evil. Yeah.
1: And if it, this can become a, because again, coming out of what even you spoke on last week, two weeks ago, I guess. If this is a normative part of gathered practice, even when we don't feel like it, but it should shape some of our practices, mm-hmm. I got to ask the weird question, what does that even look like? Or do we even know? Because I, I can't wrap yeah. my head around
2: it. I, I would say, like, this is a, a place where we would talk about, man, we we are open and we we desire to grow with discernment in in, again, holding all of these commands together, the not quenching the spirit, the the not despising prophecy, the testing everything, the holding fast to the good, abstaining from every form of evil, and I think even one of the things we talked about in our last podcast in regard to rejoicing and praying and giving thanks and going this can look different in different settings, yeah. right? There, there's, and I think that's probably one of the things that I'm I'm excited or anticipating exploring more is okay. For instance, say say it's. Us, us and our wives gather together as elders having dinner. And there's something in, in the process of something like that. Someone says, man, I, I, re- I really believe God's given me a word. Okay, cool. Let's, let's speak that and let's test it and let's have a conversation about it. Now, again, a room of 600 people is the best thing to say, okay, let's give them the mic and then we'll test it out a- afterward. Because there's also this ruling idea from that we see like in 1 Corinthians 14, where Paul says that let all things be done properly and, and orderly and in, in, because God is not a God of disorder. But I think one of those things is again not about us exerting our control for the sake of keeping things neat and tidy, but almost from that pastoral sense of it, what's the best way to care for the flock in a yeah. setting like that? That might be a, a situation where it's more, hey, come up, come up to those of us that are that are elders overseeing this yeah. gathering of the church, if you believe that there's a word that God's given you and, and allow us to to join in, way in 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 testing it with you. To see the uh, the applicability of it i also think sometimes it seems to me as i look at scripture that the testing of prophecy has to do with both the veracity the truthfulness of the message and also the what do we do with it right the um because i I even see like in the book of acts there's times where a prophetic word comes like there's going to be a famine in jerusalem end message right and then the the believers in antioch together go hey let's take up a collection Right, the prophecy didn't say therefore take up a collection, but the church together discerned. We've tested this prophecy and have said here's the way that we can respond to this. Right, another one's like later on in the book of Acts when Agabus comes to Paul and he grabs uh, what is it a belt and and ties Paul's hands together and says this is what's going to happen to Paul when he goes to Jerusalem. End message. Right. And then the church, some of the church are going, Paul, that means don't go to Jerusalem. And Paul's going, no, I think I still go to Jerusalem. They're testing not necessarily the truthfulness of the message, but what do we do with it? Yeah. And I think, again, that's one of these things that we work out together as, as a spiritual yeah, family.
0: I think, yeah, and I think that just brings it to is like, I love that I'm a part of a church that looks at God's word. And we may not know exactly what to do, but we are going to just seek Amen. to be faithful to it. Mm. Amen. And Amen. I think like that's going to be the growing learning reality for all of us and how we work it out. We no church has it figured out yeah. as much as even as we may portray we do. But I just I do I love that it's like okay Lord like teach us how to work this out. What does this look like in our local context and how we operate yeah. so that we don't quench your spirit, so yes. that we don't in any way, you know, become cold to your voice, mm. but not naive. And so that we know how to really embrace the good and and stay away from the from the evil. And so it's, I think, just if you're you're part of Cornerstone and you're listening to this, is that on one end, I want you to know I'm so thankful that not only does God speak, but He protects His message. Amen. The Spirit of God will do this, right? Mm-hmm. We we sometimes feel like we have to protect it when because we don't think God can. Yeah. God's like, no, I, I can I can protect this thing just fine.
2: And yeah. the way that that testing, abstaining, holding fast. This is an, an essential part of how we build another up. I know we're wrapping up First Thessalonians, but it's so cool that we have the letter of S- Second Thessalonians. Yes. That's all about Paul helping the Thessalonians to test a prophetic letter or word yeah, that about came. The day of the Lord. And he goes, hey, that one ain't from the Lord. Let me let me spell this yeah. out. And how product, that, productive that was to build up not only the Thessalonians, but the church throughout the last 2,000 years. Yeah. Because of the messiness of trying to discern yeah. the truthfulness of it,
0: and he gave in fifteen the very test we just talked about. Yeah, you know, I talked about that this last weekend. But I, I think the other part of this is is that we want God to speak to us, mm-hmm. and we want to listen. And mm-hmm. I think He is yeah. speaking, but maybe we don't know fully how to do this yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: And I think that that posture. This is what I, I love, and maybe it's that. What you just said we don't know how to do this yet that almost it's hard to, i mean we we struggle i know you guys i know me we struggle with arrogance in all kinds of ways but having a posture of going man you know what i'm i'm not sure yet i'm still learning on this one it's hard to be real arrogant in that posture mm-hmm. so man i, I love mm-hmm. the fact that the, the elders of the church are going yeah you know what we,
0: we're, we're still learning yeah back to christian's point we'll just maybe finish this way like I do want our people to come to us. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe if we have not only questions about what we just talked about, maybe right now people are going, what? But I think there's another side of it. If, if maybe there is somebody going, man, I think there's something I've needed to tell the church for a while that I haven't. And we do need to weigh that out and go, wow, Lord, we, we as a church needed to hear that. And so I, my prayers is is that if you're out there and you're listening to this, that Mm -hmm. man, you will, you'll come talk to elders and shepherds and leaders and allow us to, to along with you be edified to be built up um mm-hmm. in what we're doing so god bless you all i uh, hope we haven't freaked too many of you out on this <laughs> one but uh uh so thankful like i said before i know uh, christian feels this way i've talked with spencer about this like we love this church and that we get to be a part of this local church yes we do even though we don't got it all <laughs> figured mm-hmm. out in fact maybe that's a good thing we don't have it all mm-hmm. figured out but we love the fact that god has given His Word. He's given us his word that is ideal. It is proven. It is true. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It can cut into a place that nothing else can. But it's not just something that we talk about. It's something that we land inside of this this particular local church together. So God bless you all. Love you all. And uh, we look forward to the next time talking with you. Bye.